0: To a man, everyone who's a member of this defense will insist that the run defending has been significantly better than last year. And they might be right about that, but it isn't good enough. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Falcons run the ball like crazy. And yeah, I know, no one cares about the Falcons. The Falcons might have the lowest level of actual raw talent of any team in football. And I'm not even saying that in a mean way, because I think they've actually done quite a bit with what they've got, thanks to some smart coaching by Arthur Smith and some opportune plays that they've made over the course of the year. They're five and seven. They have a couple of nice wins in there. They probably should have been and were expected by a lot of people to be like one of those one in 16 type teams. And instead, they found a way to be competitive. How? Through volume rushing through running the ball all the bleeping time, and by using four, count them, four different guys to make that happen. One of them, the notable return man, Corderell Patterson, he's actually been their main running back, even though it's not really something that's been on his resume. Marcus Mariota, the quarterback, has 421 rushing yards. He's always been mobile, but now he's actually being used as kind of a de facto running back along with rookie Caleb Huntley, along with another rookie, Tyler Algier. It's been kind of an experiment. It's been something that people around football have been watching and to an extent appreciating. The Steelers have to stop this Sunday in Atlanta. To me, that represents, well, first off, it represents a challenge. Here's Terrell Austin yesterday after the Steelers practice. Well, you're going to have to be ready for it. They're going to move. They're going to make you adjust. They're going to make you communicate on defense. But eventually, you know, they line up and they're going to be in a formation that we know what it is. We're just going to have to play from there. But they're going to make you adjust pre-snap. They're not going to lie. You just line up and go, wait, this is what we got. This is what we're calling this way. So they're going to make you work that way. Yeah, there's that, too. They don't just line up and say they're going to blow through you because, to repeat, they don't have that kind of talent. What they're trying to do is outsmart you, outshift you and eventually just wear you down because you get so tired of defending the run. And as I sit here right now, I've I've not got a ton of faith that this group's going to get that done Sunday. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready relevant skills visit pointpark.edu to learn more it's better the run defense is better okay there's not anyone who could make an argument to the contrary but that's also damning these guys with faint praise when you consider that the Steelers were the absolute worst at defending the run the last two years. You could blame that on injuries. You could blame that on whatever it is you happen to choose. Facts are facts. 32 means 32. The Steelers currently are ranked sixth in defending the run. They average just a hair over 100 yards per game given up. And that's a significant jump. I feel stupid even pointing that out. It's 26 spots up the ladder but the reason that I'm not sold on it maybe the way that I should be or certainly the way that I'd want to be is that they've had to really compensate to stop the run think of it this way how many times did you see the team blitz while TJ was out how many times have you seen the team blitz even since he's been back why haven't they done that simple you blitz, you overrun the running back, you give up yards. So the entire scheme that was set up for Monday night in Indianapolis was aimed at stopping Jonathan Taylor. They thought they would just get to Matt Ryan through, you know, simple osmosis. Matt Ryan's old can't move. And we've got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, and they're just going to get after it. Well, they They tried. They overpursued at times. TJ's still not himself. I, I think that couldn't be any more obvious at this point. I say that respectfully because he's coming off a serious injury. And there was almost no pressure up the middle from Cam Hayward, from Tyson Alulu, from pretty much anybody. Part of that was because Indianapolis has a very good interior offensive line. And part of that was just because they just, you know, it's just not happening. You know, it's just not happening. So what they do is they go into a kind of a the equivalent of a prevent defense for stopping the run. Safeties are closer to the line of scrimmage. Terrell Edmonds gets really involved. Minka Fitzpatrick was up there, too. And you'd better believe if Robert Spillane hadn't been held out because of his recurring back injury, he would have been a big part of it, too. But guess who else was involved and led the team in tackles with 10. Yeah, it was Devin Bush, of all people. They did a job on Jonathan Taylor, kind of, kind of. He still ran 20 times for 96 yards. He still blew right through the middle when he ran. And it just wasn't the kind of thing that convinces you that this is some sort of stout run-stopping team. I probably should mention here as well that Miles Jack's been out. and Miles Jack, by the way, was held out of practice again. Yesterday, downgraded from limited participant to did not participate at all because of this knee injury that doesn't seem to be going away with him, contrary to what he keeps telling me, that he's fine and he's going to play. But to look at the Steelers' rankings and their ascent in the rankings in isolation and say, here it is, they're back, this is, this is the defense that we've come to expect. No, no, not yet. When we come back, it'll be J1Q time. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Danny Blay who asks, hey DK, how does the chemistry change when a running back like a Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland come in and have success? It seems like the offensive linemen are trying harder or that they have a sense of urgency. What's the deal? Uh... Uh, see, I when you started your question there, Danny, I, I thought you were going to ask about chemistry, meaning between the running backs, like in the running backs room. And if you don't mind, I'm actually going to, before I get to yours, just answer that one anyway, <laughs> even though you didn't ask it, because it's a fascinating uh, result whenever something like this occurs. These guys and Eddie Faulkner, their running backs coach. When they practice, they practice the closest to reporters. So I feel like I've got a sense for, you know, for where we can stand for the most of the sessions over on the South side. And I feel like as a result, I've got a better feel for that quote unquote room and that group than I do any of the other groups. And the whole hierarchy of what's in place can even to an outsider like me feel really uncomfortable at times that the anointment uh the justified anointment of Najee harris to number one running back and the treatment of him as such you kind of feel cringy because the rest of these guys are probably like somewhere in their heads going you know i'm here too i i used to be a pretty good running back in college i've done it at times in the nfl so when you see things balance out the way they did Monday night in Indianapolis because of the injuries to both Najee and before that to Jalen Warren. There's a really healthy, more fun, more vocal, more spirited vibe because now they actually feel, they come across as being teammates, uh, as all of them contributing, not just through special teams, not just in practice drills. So I, I wanted to just throw that out there first. That, that's, a, that's a very, very positive thing when that happens within any positional group. It's not like Najee or, for that matter, Jalen have to worry about whether or not they're going to get their starting jobs back. They will. So they can just be big boosters, you know? It's just a good, good situation. Now, to what you actually asked, the offensive linemen are not trying harder when somebody else comes into the game. This is, um, how do I say this nicely without making everybody mad? This is fan mythology, man. This is, there's a player that I, as a fan, would rather see out there because I'm sick of so and so and things will go well. And you say to yourself, Wow, it looks like the players agree with me. (laughs) It's just not the case. Offensive linemen are judged for every single slice and splice of film that they create in an NFL game. The last thing that's on their minds is... Boy, it sure would benefit all of society if Anthony McFarland were to show up Najee Harris right now. So I'm going to block a little bit harder for him. I'm not, I, I swear, Danny, I'm not making fun of you. There's all kinds of stuff like this that happens. And I'm not going to lie. There, there, on occasion, it'll cross my mind as well because you'll see something that's so striking that looks so different. And you'll think, wow, the players like him too. What it actually is. When you see that, it's based more on the opponent. The opponent practices for certain schemes, for certain runs, and for a certain style out of a running back. And when they don't get it, and it's, boom, just like that in the middle of the game, or or later on, which is even harder, the third quarter, which is when this happened, that's a heck of an adjustment. That's one of the reasons that earlier this week, I kind of advised being, on one hand, being fair to Benny Snell, but on the other hand, making sure that you're pumping the brakes on both Benny and McFarlane because they had the element of surprise to benefit them. The other guys can be out there in the field thinking, you know, here come the third and the fourth string backups. This is going to be a breeze. And they don't necessarily pump themselves up the way they would to face, you know, Jonathan Taylor or someone like that. It's very, very different. I can promise you that this week, the Falcons, who are not at all good defensively, will be keying in on everything that Jalen Warren does and how Jalen Warren does it. They will be rightly expecting him to be RB1. From there, they'll devote a certain amount of attention to Benny and to Anthony, and then uh, that's it. But if Najee Harris were to come out in the third quarter, (laughs) out of nowhere, I know that's impossible, but just go with it, and they they did have no answer for him. It would just be a totally different look, mostly because of the preparation on the other side. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who asks questions on this show. We're not always going to see eye to eye. I will try always to be respectful of what it is that you ask. I'm flying down to Atlanta tomorrow to cover Steelers versus Falcons on Sunday. We will have another one of these here daily shot of Steelers things first thing Monday.